This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is Trey. Thank you for joining us for another, and I guess my math is right, maybe uh, one of the last uh, podcasts of 2022. We're extremely grateful for your questions and for listening. And with that, we will bring in uh, the star of the podcast, Miss Mary Langston. How are you? I'm great, Trey. How about you? I'm doing uh, as good as one can be doing when they live in Antarctica is freezing <laughs> cold. It is. Can you believe this is one of the last podcasts of the year? Uh, I can believe it because I'm sitting here looking at two calendars that I have <laughs> taped um, above my desk, my mm. home office at work. You know, a lot of people would say, well, wh- you know, me, why do you have two? And you know what the answer to that question is? What is that? I have no idea. <laughs> Literally no idea. Are you constantly trying to check yourself or? No, I got in the habit of always running off the house calendar put out by the uh, majority leader. I mean, it was Kevin McCarthy, obviously, when I was there and then Cindy Hoyer. So I'm just used to running that one off that has the days blocked off when you're in D.C. And and that one is demoralizing to me. So then I just have a plain one that doesn't have anything marked (laughs) off. So. One is for habit and one is for happiness. That makes sense because we did really live by that calendar when we were in the house. Uh, We did. The whole life was planned by when we were in session and more importantly, when session ended and Mm -hmm. I could go on home. Right. When we could book that flight home. Yeah. But but, I mean, we, if by we, you mean you. Yes, we. We did it together, but I was always happy to get you home to Terry and all of them. I'm not sure how happy Terry was, but, <laughs> but I was happy to come home. I'm sure she was. Well, we have a lot of great questions today, Trey. I guess we better get started. Are you ready? I think so. I hope so. Okay. We hope so, too. We appreciate you all for tuning in and for sending us your questions. We'll start with a question from Lauren in North Carolina. She writes, why should professional athletes be paid so much money and teachers not? I don't have any idea. It's not just athletes. It's sports, it's uh, for sure, it's entertainment, it's singers, actors, actresses, some CEOs, executives make more money than they literally could ever spend in a lifetime. While, you know, we're struggling to recruit teachers and police officers and firefighters. I I do not blame the athletes or the entertainers. They're asking for and I presume receiving what someone believes to be fair market value. I don't know how much people follow Major League Baseball. I mean, I don't follow it a ton. Got pulled for the Cincinnati Reds and and they're you know not very good. But if you look at the salaries that are being paid, I mean, if you have a left arm, 
it, literally, if you have a left arm and can throw a baseball more than, you know, 75 miles an hour, you're going to be a millionaire. I don't blame the athletes. I don't blame the actors and the actresses. I blame the market, which is the consumer, which is us. I mean, think about the money that people spend to go to an NFL game or for a sports package so they can watch not just one NFL game like I grew up watching, but every single NFL game. Mm. And then you add to that, you know, and I'm guilty of it too. I mean, there's not a streaming service that I don't have because I love watching crime dramas. Now, most of the crime dramas I watch, the actors and actresses are not incredibly well-known, so they're not gazillionaires, but we think about what we pay to be entertained or for sports, and yet we think about the folks we know in our lives who complain mightily about the property taxes that they pay. Or there was a huge uproar in Spartanburg many, many years ago about a $25 per vehicle tax. 25 I mean, people pay $50,000 for a car but they do not want to pay $25 a year for roads so that car can ride on them. So I, I, I do not get it. Other than, for some reason, we will pay a lot of money to be entertained while teachers are struggling to make enough to live on. So you know, why? I have no idea other than that's what the market allows. And who's the market? We are. What's that actor's name that died in the end of that movie with a with the boat because his um, girlfriend wouldn't share the little raft with him? Mm, is that Titanic? Yeah, Titanic. <laughs> uh, the actor that died in the end. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, maybe. Yeah, but he's still he didn't really die though, right? That's just a movie, <laughs> right? He's still. I mean. Look at what that guy gets to make a movie. I don't blame him. Somebody who's mm. willing to play, pay him a lot of money to make a movie, I, I, where really all you have to do is say a bunch of bad words and smoke cigarettes. I, that, that's what the market allows. You got every cop I know, almost, almost every cop I know has to have more than one job. So who's to blame? I guess we are. Yeah, you're right. And I was thinking, too, around Christmas, the police officers in our town, they do so much for children in the community and, you know, past their time that they're paid. Um, and they really look at it as a place of service too, you know, and a mission. Um, but that's a great point, Trey. It's a hard, it, it, I mean, being a cop's a hard job, even if you're not having to like be around other people's children. <laughs> I didn't just say that, did I? <laughs> Hopefully I thought that I didn't. I mean, it's a really, really hard job. And I'm mm -hmm. not minimizing. Look, I mean, it, it, these are world class athletes. I don't know what Messi makes a year. Um, but people were riveted to the World Cup, you know, phenomenal athletes. Meanwhile, you've got, you know, <laughs> you got men and women that are going to crank up their cars at five o'clock in the morning and 20 degrees to go teach people history or math or how to read. And literally, I, I do not know how teachers 
unless it's a double income family, I don't know how they make it. I really don't. You're so right. Well, thank you so much for answering that question. Thank you, Lauren, for sending it to us. Our next question is from John and he writes, have you ever successfully prosecuted someone who was later proven to be innocent of that crime? Uh, No, not what they call actual innocence, uh, not to split uh, hairs here, but there's a difference between actual and legal innocence. Actual innocence means you did not commit the crime, you know, wrong person. Legal innocence means your guilty plea or conviction was overturned because of some error, legal error. And that error could have been committed by the prosecutor, um, could have been committed uh, by the defense attorney. Actually, in the cases that I had uh, reversed or had to retry, it was far more likely that it was the defense attorney's error than it was the prosecutor's error. Sometimes the judge makes a mistake, and I don't mean like like a mistake that he or she should not have made. I mean, the judge charges the law as it is today, and then six months later, the law changes because the Supreme Court comes out with some case and says, well, you can't say that anymore, or "You, we've changed our minds. So that is, I guess, what people call legal innocence in that it shows up as a reversal of a conviction, it shows up as overturning a conviction. But that does not mean the person did not commit the crime. It just means you got to try him over again. So what happens then is is you have a retrial. And I've done some retrials. I, I too, leap to mind, you know, in the 16 years I did it. I remember retrying two. One was because I had a hung jury. I tried it the first time and it was, uh, I don't know what the jury split was, but they couldn't agree, so had to try it again. The other time I did not try the case the first time, but it was a six to six split. And um, it involved a school and a school administrator and a terrible accusation against that school administrator, mm. um, which um, she did not do. It was wound up being a three day trial, and the defendant was convicted uh, the second time around. So, you know. If the question is, have I ever prosecuted someone who is actually innocent, as in the wrong person, the answer is no. And the reason for that is pretty simple. And I'll tell you, John, I do I get that question a lot. And I do understand the question because there are so many like dramas and movies and there's the Innocence Project and all these all this publicity around wrongly, wrongfully convicted people. The approach I took was pretty simple. There are plenty of cases to choose from if you're a prosecutor. I had 12,000 cases a year that came into my office. Why would I need to pick someone for whom the evidence was sketchy at best when there's so many defendants who are just overwhelmingly guilty? So why would I take a chance? Now, I'll conclude by saying this, and I don't want to sound cynical Mary Langston and I don't want to I don't want to break the idealism that go, that guides your life but there are plenty of defendants who claim to this day that they were innocent as they sit in prison mm-hmm. plenty of them uh, but they were not and I can think of one defendant right now to this day he claims he is an innocent man serving life without parole 
killed a woman in the mid-1990s, got away with it for a decade, was finally arrested, convicted a decade later. And when he was being let out of the courtroom uh, to the judge, he was proclaiming his innocence. You are sending an innocent man to prison for the rest of his life. It took the jury less than 15 minutes to convict him. The guilt was overwhelming. DNA, admissions, motive, opportunity. It was all there. And yet he still claims to this day that we got it all wrong. So there's no need. There was no need for me to ever prosecute an innocent person or even a person for whom I had like lingering residual doubt about their guilt because there's so many guilty ones to choose from. So, I mean, why would I? Well, thank you so much. We'll answer more of your questions when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Our next question is from Diane in Tennessee. She writes, what is a gift you remember getting as a kid that you loved a lot? And Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, Diane, the great state of Tennessee, the volunteer Mm. state. Uh, The gift I remember getting as a kid that I loved a lot uh, was an electric football set. And some of the guys my age will remember those. I mean, I guess some of the ladies will, too, but I don't think it was like a huge uh, hit with uh, certainly wasn't with my sisters. But you plug it in. It's this little metal board and you plug it in and it vibrates. And these tiny little plastic football players would move across the board based on the vibrations. And you could paint the players. You could put jerseys on them. I mean, these were these players were about the size of maybe somewhere between a nickel and a quarter. They were not big. So you would think I would have more attention to detail if I could spend my entire youth painting jerseys or putting numbers on these little tiny electric football players, but that was the only like attention to detail I've ever shown in my life. I always got Dallas, of course. Uh, my favorite players were Jethro Pugh and Roger Staubach. And I remember spending hours playing that game. I mean, when I say hours, I mean hours a day playing that game. I can still uh, hear the humming of that electric football set. My mom used to come in and Tell me I had to turn it off because it was like two o'clock in the morning and I had to go to school the next day. So I would turn it off, uh, at least until she went um, into her bedroom and then I'd turn it back on. That was far and away my favorite gift. I loved, loved, loved that game. Well, that sounds like a great gift. Thank you it so much for sharing. Boring. I'm sure it sounds very boring to people. I mean, you just a bunch of players vibrating across a no. field, but it was uh, how I spent most of my free time when I was a kid and I wasn't outdoors. And your ima- imagination could go wild with that too, I'm sure. Like you were one of the players. Yeah, I mean, I'm never known for, like, having a very vivid imagination. So (laughs) it was more like being a benevolent dictator and deciding who to start and who to bench and, you know, giving pep talks to players that I didn't think were blocking hard enough and 
I guess it never really dawned on me that it really it wasn't real players. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a question of effort. It was a question of how the vibration happened to hit the board at that particular <laughs> moment. Um, mm-hmm. I remember doing something. They all came on these little plastic little stands. I remember doing something to one of the stands that made this one player go so fast. <laughs> and I never could like replicate what I had done. But that one player was speedy. And I'm sure you were very happy that that player was speedy. I was because I, I turned him into a Dallas Cowboy. I think he mm-hmm. was with somebody else, but I put him on Dallas's team. <laughs> they could have used him Sunday. Sadly, yes, they could have. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Trey, for sharing that. And thank you, Diane, for that sweet question. Our next question is from Piet. And forgive me if I have mispronounced your name, but they write, can you please tell me if you're planning a book tour for your new book? Uh, We are Um, to some extent Mm -hmm. doing some events in South Carolina, of course, Uh, going to the Reagan Library in California, going to New York, Uh, certainly open to doing other events as well, Uh, doing uh, virtual events, which you know, not for any reason other than just the convenience of the participants. I've signed a lot of books already, and I am uh, thrilled and delighted and would be honored to sign um, more. It's it's not a book about politics, although I do explain the decision to run uh, in the first place, because that's a really important decision. When you have to leave a job to go run for another job, that's an important decision in life. And so I don't like talk about the politics of leaving the U.S. attorney's office to run for district attorney, but the decision itself and how hard it was to make and how you second guess yourself and how you judge success. It's not a book about the courtroom, except, you know, obviously the decision to leave the courtroom and run for Congress is another monumental decision that at least I had to make in life. Um, so it, it, it's a book about decisions, whether it's what to major in, whether it's, you know, who to bring into your circle of advisors or your circle of friends. It's how we can make the very best decisions for our lives. And I made a ton of mistakes. I couldn't write a book about mistakes. It'd be more like an encyclopedia, mm-hmm. uh, a whole set uh, of mistakes but you learn valuable lessons and and quite frankly some of the mistakes i made i do it all over again i learned more from the mistake than i would have had i been successful so i think we can all benefit from a repeatable reliable model or paradigm for making decisions in our lives because it's those decisions that lead us to what we will ultimately be remembered for and by whom so not about politics. So for all my progressive friends out there or people that don't care about politics, not about that. It's it's about life and how we can live the most significant life for ourselves since we only get one crack at it. Well, thank you so much. We're looking forward to it. And we will post things on his social media pages and on the website, but feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. I don't know why you'd be looking forward to it since you had to sit there during the audio reading and you already know every word of it. I know, but I loved it. And you, I know they you will. fall asleep during it? Not this time. Not this <laughs> I'm time. just kidding. No, sir, I did not. Well, thank you for sitting there for what I'm sure 
seemed like an eternity. Uh, it's on audio. That's that's mm-hmm. how she's heard it. It is, and you can hear it in his own voice, which I know a lot of people like to do. Um, I know I listen to a lot of audiobooks when I'm driving, and I love it when it's in the author's voice. But I'm sure it was hard for you, Trey. That's a lot of reading. Even when the author can't pronounce most of the words <laughs> in the book, you still like it? I do. It makes them seem like a real person. I can spell them and I know what they mean, but there's some words that I struggle, like inevitable. It takes me 30 minutes to say that word. And familiarity. I don't even think I can say it once. There's a reason you don't hear me say those words on television, particularly (laughs) not live television. There was one time I was trying to pronounce a word and I tried it three times and it didn't work. And I got Mm -hmm. home and you know, my wife, she's the sweetest human being on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. But when I walk in the door, she says, you know, it's OK to just move to another word. You don't have to, like, keep trying to say that one. <laughs> so when she's noticing that I cannot pronounce certain words, it's time for me to get a book of synonyms. Well, you also use really um, challenging words too. some words I've never heard of. So, you know, those might be harder to pronounce, too, because they're not in our normal language. Uh, you're talking about the bad words I use that you've never heard before or other words? <laughs> not those, but oh, very, not, um, you know, no, not those. Okay. They're words well, that I, I want to words. learn more of. I love words. My, it's what happens when your father makes you read the dictionary when you're a kid. That's exactly right. Well, he'll be proud of you and hearing all those words. Uh, we shall see. Not if I don't <laughs> pronounce them correctly, he won't be. That's right. Well, Um, All right. We have one last question and it's from Angie. And I'm curious what you'll say, Trey. She writes, what are you getting Terry for Christmas? (laughs) Uh, Well, Angie, first of all, thank you for reminding me uh, that I need to go get something. Uh, What am I getting for Terry for Christmas? Uh, Terry is an extremely hard worker. Um, And you know that every now and again, when, you know, when you look like Terry looks, you can get other people to do stuff for you. Um, so she would be forgiven, I guess, if she were a little bit lazy, but she is not. She is the opposite of that. She is an extremely hard worker. She does not like to ask others to do things that she can do. Uh, she does not like to pay people to do things that she thinks she ought to be doing. And she does not wait on others to do things that need to be done. So on any given Saturday, you can look out the window and see her in the yard, either cutting the grass in the summer or raking leaves in the fall. There's a huge window in my home office, which is where I spend 99% of my time. And it comes with this big view of our backyard. So you can look out this window in my office and you can see almost the entire backyard. And you can, from time to time, see her out there pushing the lawnmower, raking the leaves, picking up sticks after a storm's come through, picking up branches if the wind's been blowing after a storm, throwing the ball with our dog. And I will tell you, Mary Langston and Angie both, um, it is a sort of heartbreaking to look out there and see her doing all that stuff. She's been working her entire life. And it is hard to look out there and watch someone working that hard. So I decided to get a set of blinds for that window so I can close the blinds while I 
watch sports and and I don't have to see her out there doing all that work. We all know you're kidding. No, hopefully. I got a set of blinds for the, <laughs> for the window in my office. Well, uh, hopefully for not that reason. <laughs> I don't want to sit there and watch that. It makes me feel terrible. So I got a set of blinds. That's what she's getting. Hopefully she won't no. listen to this and hopefully she won't know it. <laughs> she probably will listen to it and she'll probably laugh. Well, I hope she doesn't laugh too hard. I hope she likes the blinds. I can't sit there and watch her doing that. Oh, I got to cover the window up. We hope that you're getting her something else too. So far, that's it. <laughs> Not the Dollar someone, General or what do you get you know, the jewelry that's store. That's true. Uh, if you know her, whatever jewelry you got her would be right back, right back at the store. Yeah, I was going to say, she probably doesn't want you to get her a thing. No, she does not. So hopefully she'll be surprised. And it's a gift that both of us can be happy with. I don't want to sit there and feel guilty about all the stuff she's doing out there. So, and it keeps her from looking in the window and seeing her husband sitting there watching sports while she's working. So I think it's a gift that both of us can use. We'll, we'll go with that. But between now and then, maybe you'll change your mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I could get her a screwdriver so she can put the blinds up. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. I think last year you said some kind of tool as well. Yeah, I got her a leaf blower last year. because That's I, what I, it I, was. <laughs> well, I'm, I, it takes forever to use a rake and get the leaves up. <laughs> so time is money. I, I want her to spend as little time as she can out there. So I got her a leaf blower. <laughs> that probably you use. Yeah, my <laughs> wife is an incredibly hard worker, but if she anyone who believes that she knows that we have a lawnmower or knows how to use it, no, that, those are all my jobs. <laughs> those are all my jobs. But exactly. I do have a big window and I can see the backyard. I just don't see her out there <laughs> cutting the grass or blowing the leaves. Right, but she would do it. She would, but I know uh, you wouldn't let her. She would if she were strong enough to crank the leaf blower. Yes, she would. But, I mean, if I got to get out there and pull the cord, I might as well just do it. <laughs> Plus, I like well, it because the phone doesn't ring and nobody talks to you while you're blowing leaves or cutting grass. Those are two of my favorite things in the world to do. can really think. Uh, I'm not saying I do much thinking, <laughs> uh, but I don't have to do any talking. Well, that too. You know, it's hard getting any kind of list from her. So you just kind of got to guess. Um, and she is such a sweet person. It really doesn't matter what you get her. She's going to act like she loves it. So mm -hmm. you got a certain safety net there. But it's really hard to get anything out of her. I mean, her idea of a gift is, you know, contact solution. <laughs> I mean, something Toothpaste. that you would buy every day of the of the year if you needed it. That's not really a Christmas gift. Right. Well, like I said, she probably doesn't want a thing. Maybe some time with you and those she loves. But other uh, than that, she's the kindest person in the world. Are you serious? She, you, you think she <laughs> wants more time with me? What has ever led you to believe that? <laughs> no, no, she does. She spends <laughs> enough time with me to last her for probably all of eternity. So. Mm. Well, she's catching up from time when you were in Congress. Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, but I hope you and everyone else has a fantastic Christmas or happy Hanukkah or whatever mm -hmm. holidays uh, your traditions lead you to celebrate. Yes. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. We hope that you'll have a wonderful holiday with family or friends or with those that you love. 
All righty. We will see you in the new year, if not before. Sounds great. Y'all have a great week and happy new year. Bye-bye. Listen ad-free with a Fox News podcast plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.